Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. And we're back. <laughs> Yay. I don't know why it sounds so creepy when I say it. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. We're talking about the Kingsman. Oh, man. Yeah. We're going to slide those panties right off, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know it. When we left, so when we left, uh, Galahad had just locked the doors to the pub while the you know the goons were staring at him, and uh, he said, "Manners make it the man." And uh, I like how he looks up into this like kind of Guinness mirror and see just kind of gets lay of the lamb what's going on behind him. He doesn't even turn around, reaches with an umbrella, finds a, a a glass that's sitting on the table, and just fucking wings it right into the head goon's face and knocks him fucking out on the ground. And uh, this is the first of like a bunch of well, actually, this is the second. I guess that first one. I don't know if that first one Argentina was more of a fight scene or just a couple like execution scene, but this is like yeah. the first real like fight fight scene in this movie. And this movie has some killer fucking fight choreography. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. I'm going to pay your pick the highest of compliments right now. This so impressed me, this sequence and, and many other sequences in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this came from a comic book guy, we talk about comic books as snapshots of action. Right. Yeah. So it's presentation wise, mm-hmm. you can only show six or seven moments on a page. And somehow my man invented the visual language of a fluid scene that hangs on these particular moments in such a weird, stuttery way that it's almost like he invented a new kind of, I don't want to call it camera style for a fight scene. Like it was mm-hmm. really fucking inventive, dude. Yeah. And, you could um, see the framework of this in Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah, The fight yeah, scenes yeah, yeah. in Kick-Ass are, are like basically the forefather of, of what this is. It evolved into what he did with Kingsman. Yeah. That's um, true, man. Yeah. It's just really... so epic, too. Like, and yeah. you, and it's, and it's the typical, like, six-on-one scene where he's just going, mm-hmm. like, through these guys. It kind of reminds me of very Kung Fu-like, even, like, yes. in nature. Yes. And, um, uh, it's cool, like, the different ways he uses to incapacitate people. It's not just, like, punch, 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 punch. No. Hits one guy with a glass, shoots another, like, just out of nowhere. He's, like, he's, and you can tell out of the corner of his eyes he's watching everybody because, like, it, it's not the typical one guy fights, then one guy fights. They're all rushing him. He's just got different ways of, like, blocking this guy while he's taking out this right. guy and, then like, pushing a button to shoot a fucking thing across the room to taser this mm-hmm. guy. Um, you know, he's grabbing very, one guy's knife yeah. and stabbing somebody behind him with it. Like, Very superhuman. You know, yeah. but it, what, what's cool about it too is that he has to maintain his composure during these fights oh, yeah. because he's a British fancy man, right? As we we exactly. in America, say. um, so there's amazing fight sequences in other media, like even that Daredevil TV show, like those fight oh, yeah, sequences were, were great. But he's also getting winded and yeah. also getting mm-hmm. hurt, and it's a different feeling. This is just mm-hmm. like I'm so in control of this situation. Correct. His that hair I'm not doesn't even, even get messed a sweat. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. in a fucking full suit, carrying an umbrella. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite things about the scene is when he throws the guy into the bar, and you see the fucking like actual pole on the bar dent because like, yes, like it, it shows yeah. the realism. It's not just like the guy hits the thing and falls to the mm-hmm. ground. Like it's brutal the fucking like way these people like get hurt in this movie, especially that one scene later in the movie. It's like one of like the <laughs> coolest fucking scenes in history of, of fucking movies. Yes, like it's literally one of my favorite scenes. Like. And it's so fucking gruesome. Yeah, um, it's it's it is, man. And and a lot of quick cuts too. And that sells like the the pace yes. of the fight scene. It really does feel like um, 
I just keep coming back to comic books. It feels like comic book panels, the way that these shots are framed. They're so yeah. interesting. The angles or even just like, if you look at behind the scenes stuff on movies, the storyboarding, right. It feels like just so illustrative, you know, and that's coming for me. I doodle for half of a living. So that's, you know, right. I'm very, I saw, I saw a little thing that he took a lot, not a lot, but he took some of the fight choreography uh, from his love of the, the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. you watch the Bourne movies and those fight scenes are different than most movie fight scenes. They're very realistic, first off, yeah. like extremely realistic, but very, very brutal. And that he took some inspiration from that um, and brought it into here. And then, of course, just made it his own. I mean, yeah, Matthew Vaughn is the shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, the Bourne movie, that's a, that's a good... Cause they get right up in there with those yeah, handheld yeah. cameras and you're just, you're fucking in it. Like it's if so you're immersive. looking, if you're looking to rank who could kick whose ass in the movie world or the fictional character world based on how they're represented in their movies, like Jason Bourne is not to be fucked with by anyone, oh, no. by no, no, bond no. or by anyone. It's <laughs> not yeah. like a fucking X-Men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just regular human people. He just based on that, I'm just saying, like, because even if he, the tide turned against Jason Bourne, he would just disappear behind like a moving bus. Yeah. Right? I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, where the exactly. fuck did he go? Although, I'd like to see him take on Galahad in his prime. Oh, no, no, no. This, you're right. This would be the best. Yeah. yeah. Because they're based, sort of based on each other. These, these I mean, this the, isn't like, like Vin Diesel fight. and Jason Statham jumping at each other with a giant wrench and a chain. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So no, they're, they are, they're one of a kind in this movie. The fight scenes, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, the fight scenes in this movie. Fuck. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. Fuck. And I love it. As soon as he uh, finishes the fight, he very calmly walks back over to Eggsy, sits down, finishes his beer. Yep. And pats him on the shoulder and, and leaves. Yeah. Um, but not before his watch, he sets it to Oh, that's amnesia. right. Amnesia. Because he shoots the bartender. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> uh, I love how this movie is also a Bond movie, but it's not a Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, this yeah. is the new... This is, like... There's even a reference to this later about how the new spy movies are all too serious. Like... Yes. This this takes you back to, like, the golden age of Bond movies. Oh, well, that's Matthew Vaughn be. because he grew up with the Bond movies. Like that, th that was his thing as a kid. So this was his homage to those movies. Yeah, you totally. Know? Yeah, I, I, I love it. I absolutely love this fucking movie. Um, I know I'm ruining for ratings for later, but I'm gonna blow this thing the whole mm -hmm. time anyway. So it doesn't matter. You can blow it. You can blow it all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, Bond movies were so formative for so many people. In the way that like Austin Powers sort of lampooned it, but it still felt like yeah. a yeah. love letter. This also feels like a love letter, but it's also fucking awesome. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, Eggsy, Eggsy now returns back to his his home, and as soon as he walks in the door, Dean confronts him, punches him, starts punching him in the stomach, pulls a knife on him. Um, he's trying to figure out who was the old geezer that was at the bar with him. Who's this guy? Who is he? Who are you with? And um, Eggsy, of course, once again, not snitching on nobody. There, I don't know what you're talking about. There was nobody there. No, and I, this becomes a theme with him. Like he's ride or die. Mm -hmm. Like he's gonna keep mm -hmm. his shit to himself. Um, and uh, as as he's doing this, like uh, a voice comes over, like the voice of God, and we realize that <laughs> no. that Harry's Jesus, listening. It, it's real big, Dean. I know who you are. I can call the Stop authority yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I saw what you did. <laughs> Go get some popcorn. Also, can I just say, in in movies listen actors are handsome when when someone's referred to in a movie as grandpa or geezer yeah. they look fucking like objectively younger than i do i know right it right. really hurts like Colin in a deep Firth deep is way a geezer. yeah I know. yeah i know oh that's too funny um yep. so well or like me you mean yeah, sure <laughs> how, listen, old, how old is this motherfucker exactly listen, like you're looking younger your hair even looks darker right now yeah, Joe right. Is fuck yeah, Joe is I'm, I'm on the right track it. here. No, I'm not. Doug is fucking Benjamin Button over here. I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Harry tells Eggy, Eggsy to get out of the apartment. So Eggsy runs out. Of course, he runs outside. All the goons are standing outside. And he does parkour <laughs> for, yes. for some fucking parkour. reason. Parkour. <laughs> um, 
And I, I love how this, like, you know, most, like, runaway scenes, like, when they run away from a gang, like, the gang chases them. The gang doesn't even bother chasing them. Like, no, make no, it no. Like, fuck that. And that then he the gets to the bottom. realistic scene in this fucking movie. They looked he, at it and they were like, fucking hell no. no. And he very casually gets to the bottom and he's like, I'm not out of breath. Fuck you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, where normally, like, a guy was, like, running, running. And then he gets around the corner and he's like, oh, and you see everyone uh-huh. go running past him. Like, you don't get no. that in this movie. You get real. Um. So next we get an overview of London and uh, Eggsy's now going to the Kingsman shop and I get my next clip in here. This is another another important one because it's kind of going to give us an intro to what the Kingsmen are and who they are, where they come from, all that kind of stuff and what Eggsy's in store for. I've never met a tailor before, but I know you ain't one. Come with me. Come on in. What do you see? Someone who wants to know what the fuck is going on. I see a young man with potential. A young man who is loyal. Who can do as he's asked. And who wants to do something good with his life. Did you see the film Trading Places? No. How about Nikita? Pretty woman? All right. My point is that the lack of a silver spoon has set you on a certain path, but you needn't stay on it. If you're prepared to adapt and learn, you can transform. No, oh, like in My Fair Lady. All right, the uncle has surprises. Yes, like My Fair Lady. Only in this case, I'm offering you the opportunity to become a kingsman. A tailor. A Kingsman agent. Like a spy. Of sorts. Interested? You think I've got anything to lose? Since 1849, Kingsman tailors have clothed the world's most powerful individuals. By 1919, a great number of them had lost their heirs to World War One. That meant a lot of money going uninherited. And a lot of powerful men with a desire to preserve peace and protect life. Our founders realized that they could channel that wealth and influence for the greater good. And so began a rather venture. An independent international intelligence agency operating at the highest level of discretion. Above the politics and bureaucracy that undermine the integrity of government-run spy organizations. The suit is a modern gentleman's armor. The Kingsman agents are the new knights. How deep does this fucking thing go? Deep enough. All in. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Merlin. You are about to embark on what is probably the most dangerous job interview in the world. One of you, and only one of you, will become the next Lancelot. Can anybody tell me what this is? Yes. Body bag, sir. Correct. Charlie, isn't it? Yes, sir. Good. In a moment, you will each collect a body bag. You will write your name on that bag. You will write the details of your next of kin on that bag. This represents your acknowledgement of the risks that you're about to face, as well as your agreement to strict confidentiality, which incidentally, if you break, will result in you and your next of kin being in that bag. Is that understood? Excellent. Fallout. So it's kind of cool. We get this like introduction to what Kingsman is, how it started, why it exists. Um, we find out, you know, it's 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 a secret service, but it's more of like a secret secret service. They don't answer secret, to anybody. Secret, yeah, they're not so like this- your typical MI five intelligence and stuff. This is this is like underground. So at this point in the movie, now I'm watching it by myself. Okay, no one's home yet. This could have been picked by Doug because it's a smart British thriller. Could have been picked by me because it's adapted off of a graphic novel from 2012. And it's a fucking blockbuster. (laughs) And it's a blockbuster. So jury is still out, man. And if my wife was home at this point, she would not have known who picked it. (laughs) Yeah. But she wasn't. And we'll get to when she was. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a, like the end of this movie makes us a Joe movie. Like, <laughs> once we get to the lair, that's when it becomes yes. a Joe movie. Oh, that there's point. a tell. There's a tell, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the reveal of this movie being a Joe movie, like the meal he gets presented. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <shit>. <laughs> like. <laughs> Up to this point, she's watching the serving tray come out. She's like, I still don't know. Then it opens like, oh, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much the way it played. (laughs) Buddy, I shit you not. I could not have written a better moment. (laughs) I was writing the movie of our podcast. (laughs) Chef's kiss. It was... And and I'm sitting and I'm and I'm having this thought the whole movie. I'm like, wow, this is really off brand for Joe. You know, like I get why he likes it, but it's so not what I expected. And it could, you know, it's got it's got elements that I love. It's got elements that I know Doug loves. And almost as she walks through the threshold, <laughs> buddy, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, I want to. I'm I'm so excited to find out what scene. Uh, we'll get there though. All right, so Harry's giving um Eggsy the the history basically of the Kingsmen that they came from a long line of people who were in World War One. You know, they they lost all their sons, so the money went uninherited. Which this is a big plot point of the Kingsman movie. Like you're seeing this era when like this is all getting founded. So that's a cool movie because oh. you get the history. You kind of get the history of Kingsmen because it's based on the Kingsman. Um. And uh, the beginning of all this, but we'll get to that movie when we do. I'm, I'm doing all three of these movies. I mean, if you either one of you wants to take the lead in any of them too, we can. But we're gonna do all three of these movies because they're all oh, fucking. No, these are yours. They're all I mean, fucking. I, great. I would want to, but I I think you. Yeah, these are yours. Okay, cool. Because they're all great movies, and I'll probably mm-hmm. do them relatively soon because I want Eric to watch them. I don't want like yeah, I, yeah. I, I love watching Eric Virgin watch these movies on this. So <laughs> I may end up doing these three in a row. To be honest, that's mm-hmm. fine with me, buddy. Um, so. Uh, they get down into this like secret underground London tunnel type thing, and they shoot all the way out to the countryside into this big castle. And uh, when they when they pull up, they open up, and I get like if for some reason this reminds me of a Fast and the Furious scene with a uh, with a uh, Kurt Russell when he was there. Oh yeah, he's like the director. Yeah, he director, the... and they open like this big hangar with all these cars and shit in it. Like it's that yeah, same view. Mister Nobody. Um, but. I get goosebumps like in the scene. Now this scene might make some people cry, but to me it gives me goosebumps when he's like, "Your dad had the same reaction." Yeah, like, that was nice. It yeah. was, it was, it was just real. Like, mm-hmm. wow, like because his dad was standing in the exact same spot he was. He doesn't really know his dad because his dad died when he was a baby. So like, he's like, "Yeah, your dad did the exact same thing, and you're following in his footsteps." It's kind of just yeah. this cool thing because he never really knew his dad, but he obviously knew his dad was some great man. And the more he finds out about it, the 
better it gets. Um, yep. You got a soft little tender heart, my friend. A little bit. A little bit. Tiny bit. Teeny tiny under, bit. Under all the layers of depravity, there's this <laughs> <laughs> in there. Uh, soft heart, soft anus. <laughs> Yes. Oh, wow. I, I waited for him to take a drink of that beer to say that joke. God damn it. <laughs> uh, so um so we get into this room and um um Merlin's in there and he's kinda like Merlin's like the the teacher for the class. Like mm-hmm. each person's like uh I feel like this is like dinner for schmucks, but like with trying out like <laughs> so he's like the one in charge of running the uh show, but everyone's brought their own schmuck. Yeah, this was um, this was maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie was this whole like trial, you know, by fire situation. Yeah, yeah, this was um, kind of boot campish and and they're very uh, fast and loose with all the information. But I guess that's what happens when you have amnesia watches. Yeah, you can just <laughs> those darts flying everywhere, man. Yeah. There's like a men in black element to it, also. Oh my god! We're like, I didn't even think about Will that, Smith's coming right. in, and he pulls the table over yeah. to him. Like everyone else is in the little thing trying to write. This is like yeah. that's what this scene reminds me of. We're like, you know, we we meet some of the other people there. There's a girl named Roxy, played by Sophie Cookson, and this douchebag guy named Charlie, played by Edward Holcroft. Um, and one of his buddies' name is Digby, which made me laugh so hard because we just did the interview with uh, his dog named Digby. Oh my god, that's right. I, didn't, oh, I yeah. did not connect those dots. And the Charlie guy just kind of looks like a British James Franco. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> so like, is a British James Franco with this little like blonde dude named Digby, and I'm just the whole time I'm just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> fucking, where's Kim Jong Un? You need him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my asshole is working overtime. <laughs> Oh God! So the next scene, we get this cutscene over. I just fucked you up, and I know it, and I'm giving myself a round of applause. Good job. <laughs> so, um, we get this cutscene over back to uh, uh, Valentine, and he's trying to figure out who this guy was that was infiltrated his Argentinian safe house, and he's talking to somebody. And at first, you don't know who he's talking to, but he's <clears throat> saying, "You need to get on board with my plan." Like he's doing the whole Valentine, like this is what we're gonna do thing, and you see the guy agree with him. Um, and then you hear the voice as it pans out and you realize he's talking to President Obama because they're at the White House. Yeah. And he's got, the, you know, the Obama voice and, you know, mm-hmm. complexion and everything as he backs out. Looks just like him. Shape, shaped head, everything. Um, you never see his face. You don't see his and face, but it's, it's implied. swears it's not him, but. It's implied that it's him. Come on. It's I'm in like, the White on, House. Dude, why it's, are you even bothering yeah, not it, saying it's not. It looks like him. It sounds like him. They're in the White House. I mean, it's uh-huh. pretty obvious. Um, yeah. And 2014 would have been the president. Yeah, yeah. So, it's him. It's him. Can, I, can we talk about how distracted I was by Samuel Jackson's glasses, like that weird <laughs> bifocal thing in the corner of? Oh yeah. Just his I also right want to eye. do this entire episode with my hat like this. Yeah, <laughs> that's the look right there. Off to the side. How so, is that not Obama? I'm looking at the scene right now. He's got big ears. So what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is, it's, it's got to be Obama because he he sounds like Obama and he talks yeah. like Obama. And they're in the, the White House. And um, you guys got to go with me on this. You know, if, he's, he's uh, doing the Obama shit. I, I hear what you're saying. And yeah. like, yeah. it's come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's 100% Obama. Um, bingo, bango, Obama. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn you started it anyway so back we go back to the uh, recruit room they're all sleeping and all of a sudden the room just starts to rapidly fill with water I want to know where they get their water pressure from because those showers must be fucking excellent there <laughs> like that thing fills up so fast um, we see uh, 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 Charlie stand up and he says loose snorkels and like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Um, and this is where I get my first like real Wolverine kind of feeling too, because this feels like the whole like Weapon X like room where like he's uh-huh. in the tank yeah. and everything, and like mm-hmm. I don't know, just and Egerton just he looks like he should be fucking Wolverine. Like when I look at him, I just see Wolverine yeah. in him. Um, but they all run over, pull the shower heads off, and then snake him up the toilet to breathe in some nasty shit air. Um, but you know, shit air or die. Like I guess you gotta make a choice. Yep. Oh, oh, hold on. We're talking about revamping, you know, logos for the podcast, different things. You know, we're we're 
we're getting excited about the podcast network and and with that comes new merchandise right new shirts was it shit air or die air or die with a guy with a toilet circle <laughs> the guy with a turtle so and then it just you know the quote can be from you you can just say joe air or die. eric get on that I'm on it. I need I'm a guy it. with a toilet snorkel. A wo- no, he's been Wolverine with a toilet snorkel. Yeah, but it's a play on the NES game Skate or Die, like the cover yeah, yeah. art. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Shit or, or Die. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Right. Oh, God. Stay Young, you, stay so young you uh, Skateboards about, can sell it. <laughs> yes. Did you read about what happened when they did this scene? No. The fucking, they used, they had computer-controlled water tanks to release the water. And they malfunctioned and filled the fucking room like three times faster than what it was supposed to. Oh fill. shit! So a lot of the, a lot of the the <laughs> scenes that you're seeing are the are the cast like basically shitting themselves. <laughs> oh, because no. the, and because it what happened was it flooded not only the cast but it it, it consumed the friggin' camera people and the sound people and everything. Because oh, so much water went into the room, so. Um, they had to do it a couple of times, or I think it took like eight days or ten days to do the scene. But oh wow, um, yeah, like it could have been tragic. It could have yeah. like ended Jesus the whole thing. Christ, you know, yeah. I kind of love that man. I, you know, obviously you don't want anything bad to happen. No, to honestly, like part of like the psychotic person inside me wants this to be like the suicide squad where they kill them all, and then literally <laughs> yeah. like a whole new group comes in, and like that's the group we we're supposed right. to be cheering for the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they were saying that the reaction, some of the reactions that are on in the movie are, are genuine. I'm a sucker for that kind of shit, man. You know, some of my favorite behind the scenes stories are when things, you know, like alien, like the, the alien popping out of the chest. Yep. And, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Or like the T-Rex like, in Jurassic Park getting too much rain. <laughs> yes, yeah. man. There's something about that that just my favorite when it makes it into the movie, you know? My, yeah. Yeah. My favorite is uh, a Christmas story. In the Chinese restaurant, in the Chinese restaurant at the end, oh, when they cut the duck's head off, the mom's reaction is real because oh, she didn't know they were going to do that. Oh, I love it! She fucking screamed out loud when he whacked the, the duck's head That's off. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They're they're all good except for the one bad one, which is um, Brendan Lee and the Crow. You're like, no, that one's not. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not good at all. Oh, but it's in the movie, or it's like the, the the Alec Baldwin one. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. If that's crow, the crow that. part due. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was a. I was watching the show on Hulu. It's basically it's it's key it's Keegan Michael Key. It's it's called Reboot, and he's basically playing like this. It's like the sitcom star, like one of these like step by step sitcoms, and um, for some reason it just got ultra popular when like a streaming service came out. Like even though like none of them have been in the show for like twenty years. And like they they basically decided to reboot the show like with him in their modern like forms, yeah. um, and in one of the scenes he's he's acting with uh, Judy Greer who like in real life was his girlfriend like not in, like real life but in real life in the show like not part yeah. of the show was his girlfriend for a while and, like they had broke up and like they're doing like a scene where they're like having a sex scene like in the in the show. And like he actually gets hard, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And, like calls oh, him man. on it. Like, I'm, and then everyone like and, like in the, all the cast and crew and the directors like, "This is not professional. You can't do this." <laughs> oh shit! I might check that out. I heard good things about it. I enjoyed. I it. also I heard your boy from uh, Always Sunny doing a voice on Velma, which I started watching. Oh shit! What Charlie? Max. Charlie? Uh, not Charlie. Um, what's his name? Frank, Danny DeVito. No, no, no. The serial killer one. Oh, Glenn Howarden. Glenn Howarden. Yeah, he's Fred. Oh, nice. Oh, he oh I can see him being Fred because he's yeah, such an asshole. Great. Like, he completely be yeah. a good Fred. Does a good job, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, God, I love Glenn Howarden. Also, there's a show, um, Death, Love, and Robots on Netflix. That thing is fucking incredible, dude. Holy I figured shit. you'd like it. There's one episode where um, Glenn Howarden is in the episode, but as a cartoon. The the one that's like the giant that washes up on the beach. Oh, that must be season. Is that season? It's two? season one. No, it's, it's like the like, season one. Like it's like a giant guy washes up on a beach and people start graffitiing on him and stuff. Like he's this giant dead man that washes up on I the beach. I don't know if I saw that one. So when okay. the episode starts, they pull up in this green like Range Rover, which is basically his car from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they go to the beach and it's just him laying naked on the beach, but like <laughs> five hundred foot tall. 
Oh, I definitely did see that one. Yeah. You and I'm just like, it's Dennis. Up. I'm like, that, oh my God, it's fucking Dennis. That's the kind of show I enjoy the most when I'm entangled mm -hmm. in a web of THC. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I can see that being the case. I may have seen it and I just don't remember. It's, it's called like the, the Naked Giant or something like that or the Giant Man or something. I'll revisit it. I'll revisit yeah. it. But I'll let you. I'll let but you you'll see him like instantly. Like now that you know, like I just. Because when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, that's his car from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, and then they go to the beach, and I'm like, oh, that's him. <laughs> like, it's fucking <laughs> oh, wow. crazy. Um, yeah. So back to this movie, though. Uh, they're in the room filling up with water. They're getting the, uh, you know, shit, air, or die snorkels. And, uh, hmm. um, you know, Eggsy's like, nah, why don't we just check the fucking door? <laughs> like, why are we going to breathe shit air if we could check the door? He's like, I pick or die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second shirt. I yeah. pick, quote, or die. And then, like, he says, fuck it. He swims across the room. And he goes, this is a, uh, you know, two-way mirror. So just fucking shit punching this mirror, which physics underwater probably wouldn't work because, like, you're, like, the water yeah. creates the friction and dynamics. You know, he's that True. strong. Um, once again, going back to the Wolverine thing. Um and, and you see uh, Merlin on the other side. Merlin just kind of casually steps to the side as the glass starts to break. And then, flush! It all fucking flushes out in this room. They're all sitting in the corner. Um, it looks like one of those Japanese like uh, uh, game shows back in the day where they'd climb the mountain and then fucking end up in the doo-doo yes. water. <laughs> yes. What was it? MXC was the one. <laughs> the, the, what a fucking reference. Uh, Tadeshi's, Tadeshi's Castle was the original, and then they remade it as MXC. I fucking yeah, dubbed I, over oh, it. It was so great. That was on G4. It, yeah, then it went on Spike after that. Right, right. Well, I G4 fucking love that show. Spike, didn't it? With Captain and Tennille. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was such a good show. Um, but, um, but, you know, they're sitting there and like... Um, Merlin's just all by the fucking business. He's like, all right, so uh, you, Charlie, and uh, Roxy, uh, you did very good with the shit here or die snorkels. Uh, AZ, it was kind of cool that you noticed it was a two-way mirror. Charlie goes, yeah, he's probably seen enough of them. <laughs> I was like, that's a fucking funny <laughs> fucked up line. Yes. But Merlin's like, yeah, but uh, you all fucking failed anyways. And they're like, what? And then they look over and the fucking other girl, Amelia, is dead. <laughs> like, just laying there. Um, you forgot about teamwork. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, instead of like, doing the normal human thing of being like, Oh fuck. They're all sociopaths. And he's like, I yeah. guess, I guess those body bags were real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hold on. Do that again. <laughs> I guess those body bags were real. <laughs> uh, sorry. I had to stop laughing. Is that another shirt? <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm coming up with shirts today. Um, next scene we get, um, we get Harry. He's in the college, and Professor Professor Luke Skywalker walks down, and uh, he literally asks him about anthro uh, anthropogenic force. Yeah. Oh, I'd be happy to. Oh tell my you. god! <laughs> like he's like, it's like yeah. lightsaber boners. <laughs> like, exactly. like it's like let me tell you about the force. Like you want some blue milk? <laughs> <laughs> it's the green milk that comes out of titties. Well, we learned that he's got blue, pink, purple, orange milk that comes out of his head in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he's con you know Harry confronts him like, who the fuck are you? Why were these people there? Why are you, why are you important? Like why are they trying to get hold of you? And then as he's doing this, like you hear this. And his head fucking explodes. It looks like a fucking uh, what's that spirograph? The the no, the one with the paint that like the tilt spinning hurl or whatever. I forget what it's called, you, but I know what you're talking about. My man just spin said spinning hurl. Spin art. <laughs> well, because that's those carnival rides. Hold on. <laughs> the reason I know about aristocrats being in, inbred is because of a joke that goes around comedic circles called the aristocrats, which they did oh, an entire yeah. documentary on. And in one of those scenes, Bob Saget does a joke about the kid being spinning around and like throw coming out of one end and diarrhea coming out of the other end. And it's like spin art. Yes. Spin art. It's good stuff. What are we dude. doing that movie, Joe? Oh God, <laughs> the Aristocrats. Yeah. It's gonna be nothing but a long clip the entire fucking yeah, thing. Exactly. We'll just play Didn't, the movie and sit back and enjoy it. I believe Penn Jillette directed. I, I believe it was uh, yeah. Penn, Penn and Teller. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I met Penn Jillette after um, a Penn and Teller performance because they're cool enough to hang around afterwards. Yeah, and, they do. Yeah, yep. say hello to everybody. And uh, I love that dude, man. I have a book of his that I absolutely treasure. So I brought it for him to sign and I have it framed in my house. There's a oh, page cool. from it framed in my house. 
sweetest dude in the world. He's like 10 feet tall. Gave me a massive hug. And uh, nice. yeah, yeah, they say, you know, it's dangerous to meet your heroes and stuff, but that was not the case. He, no, was, he was everything I've ever heard about him is just a fucking genuinely yeah. awesome person. Yeah. Very cool. Very nice guy. All right. So, uh, so as, as his head explodes to, um, like goons, I don't know what I've use with goons, but they come in the room and start shooting at him. Um, he gives this little cool, like lighter hand grenade thing, puts it on the counter and jumps out the window. Um, but the blast as he's jumping out the window kind of knocks him out. And, um, it looks like he's in a coma for the time being. I don't know how he gets back to Kingsman. I don't know if like the Fox got him and brought him back or something. But <laughs> yes, it was the Fox. <laughs> you just see his Fox remember, <laughs> dry yep. with his teeth. Um, but, uh, as, as far as we know for right now, he blew up in this explosion. Um, Valentine is, is sitting there and, he, and he's kind of pissed that he had to blow up uh, Arnold. Cause like, like he had to set his sensor off because he didn't want him to give away any information. He's like, that guy was my friend. I really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause like, he's got this like thing where he like wants to have control of these people and he wants to be able to kill them anymore, but he thinks they're his friends. Like, yes. like not his subjects or. I don't even know. Yeah, he doesn't understand the definition of the word friend, I don't think. Yeah, no. Oh, I really liked him. <laughs> it's like the way he says it. It's so fucking funny. Samuel L. Jackson kills it in this movie, too. Yeah, he does. Uh, and like I said, he's not playing Samuel L. Jackson, which is insane. Um, So he's still trying to figure out who these people are and why they're fucking with him and like why they're ruining his plan because, like, who are these people? He has no idea yet who they are. Um. Uh, but he does realize there's a problem because he said colleague, which means there's more than one of them. We we go back to the recruits um, where they're doing their training. Um, and right now they're standing in front of a large stack of dog crates with dogs inside of them. And they're each cho- told to cho- choose a, pu- a puppy. Um, we come to find out that Eggsy chose a pug, which is kind of funny. <laughs> He thought it was he a thought bulldog. It was a bulldog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he named it JB, which we will later find out what that stands for. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's another funny reveal. Um, it's almost as funny as the um, Nikita, the pretty woman, hearing yeah. this out. He's like, oh no, my fair lady. My fair lady. You're, You're full, full of surprises. Of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's the kind of humor I really dig when they do little mm-hmm. thing jokes like that. Um, so uh, Harry's in a coma. And while he's in that coma, you know, we see Merlin tell him, hey, honor him by, you know, completing this training, like, make him proud. He chose you, like, fucking do him right. Um, and uh, we see Valentine standing over a large production facility making SIM cards, kind of looking down. Um, and we're kind of getting a little more of, like, what's going on with him. Um, we've also, like... In the background, we see like little TV clips that like some famous people are starting to disappear. Iggy Azalea um, and some other famous people have just started like randomly disappearing. Um, next, uh, Valentine and Gazelle meet with the Scandinavian princess Tilda, played by Hannah Alstrom. Yep. Did I say it right? Yep. And the uh, Scandinavian prime minister, played by Bjorn Floberg. Yeah. I'm guessing. Actual right. Swedes. Yeah. Um, they are at a dinner at Valentine's house and he's, uh, proposing this, this plan to them for controlling like, you know, global warming and the climate change. Uh, the prime minister seems like all about this. Like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. But, uh, Tilda's like, you're fucking insane. <laughs> like, she's like, no, <laughs> like this is not okay. She's like, fuck this. Um, and she gets up to leave. And when she does, uh, you know, Gazelle runs out after her and uh, her guards try to shoot her, but we get, you know, fucking scissor Edward scissor legs comes out here and, uh, cuts, <laughs> cuts their hands off and their heads off and all kinds of shit. Edward scissor legs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Like how she fights with her, with her feet. Like also it doesn't seem like it would work, but movie magic. Yeah. Some kill bill shit going on here. This is definitely some kill bill shit right here. Um, I, I, I really feel like that's part of like the homage here. I feel like this movie is full of homages, like to other things, and I, I think that might be where that comes from. Um, it's very, very. Let's say there's a lot of kung fu type stuff in this movie too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I get it. I love it. Um, 
and uh, Tilda gets taken captive by then. Um, and then we get another clip here, some a little bit of a, a, valen a Valentine. Ever heard of knocking? Only when I'm casing a place to rob. Merlin said you wanted to see me? I hope JB's training is going as well as yours is. Sit. Congratulations on making it to the final six candidates. Your test results were even better than I could have hoped. Come in. Ah. Exit. I need to have a private conversation. You're dismissed. Nonsense. Let him observe. Might learn a thing or two. As you wish. Take a look at this. Fucking hell. That is rank, Harry. You blew up his head. It's a bit much, innit? Actually, the explosion was caused by an implant in his neck. Here, under the scar. Did my hardware pick up the signal that triggered it? Fortunately, yes. Unfortunately, the IP address I traced it to is registered to the Valentine Corporation. Oh, that's not much of a lead. There's millions of employees worldwide. No, Richmond Valentine is a genius. Did you not see his announcement today? No. We each spend on average $2,000 a year on cell phone and internet usage. It gives me great pleasure to announce those days are over. As of tomorrow, every man, woman, and child can claim a free SIM card compatible with any cell phone, any computer, and utilize my communications network for free. Free calls, free internet for everyone. Forever. Valentine's assistant has the same implant scar. I think Mr. Valentine and I should have a tete-a-tete. He's having a gala dinner next week. I'll get you an invitation. You need to be careful, though. Since you've been out, hundreds of VIPs have gone missing. No ransom notes, exactly like Professor Arnold. And I suggest you make my alias somebody worth kidnapping. So they're in the hospital room where Merlin, or not Merlin, Harry finally wakes up, and um, you know, they they start figuring out what's going on here, putting two and two together. Um, there's an implant they found in the back of the guy's head. He notices people associated with Valentine also have this implant, but he doesn't really have enough information yet. But we also get Valentine introducing this free, basically free phone, free internet, free everything, uh, which of course you know. The, the majority of shitty people in the world are going to take advantage of because why wouldn't you? It's free. Yeah. But nothing's actually free, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pay for it one way or the other. Um, so uh, Harry decides to try to get an invite to this, this gala event for these high rollers and, you know... Kingsman's got some money apparently, so they can make him. They can make him look rich, they can, and I'm sure they can forge a you know a history on who he is and this and stat. It's not going to be that difficult. This this is probably one of the easier things they have to do. It's not as hard as the fox. Like putting the fox in the robe is way more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they can make months, him, man. Yeah, give him a false identity, kind of create a history and a story for him. Give him some money. That's psh, no problem. Child's play. Yeah, child's play. Uh, we get this next really kind of fun scene. Um, the recruits now are down to Eggsy, Roxy, Charlie, Digby, and Rufus, and one other rich dude name I can't remember. <laughs> All I know is his last name is probably Worthington or Wellington or some shit like that. <laughs> um, the next assignment involves them jumping out of a plane and landing on a Kingsman-shaped target. And uh, Merlin tells them, uh, you know, uh, you have to come in under the radar and you have to land directly on this little tiny target. If you don't do those two things, you go go get the fuck out and go home. Um, everyone jumps out of the plane except Roxy. She's kind of scared. And Eggsy's like, come on, just do it, bruv. And then he falls off backwards. <laughs> um, and uh, she, she eventually does get the balls up to do it because we do find out later she has more balls than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
as they're falling down, you know, it's fun. It's this fun skydive. And everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. And then Merlin's like, hey, guess what, guys? One of you guys doesn't have a shoot. <laughs> and, like, he gets a smirk on his face. Like, he's just so happy to have done this to them. Like, to fucking torture them. He's like, yeah, yeah, anybody can use the heads-up display, dickheads. You know, one of you doesn't have a parachute. Good luck figuring it out. So, uh, the one dude, Rufus, like, freaks out fucking instantly and pulls his chute. Like, he's like, oh, fuck you guys. So, um. <laughs> That's me. <all laughs> yeah. Exactly. Eggsy decides this, this, he comes up with this plan. And the plan is basically like everyone interlock hands and then one person pull their chute. And if it opens, get the fuck out of the circle and the rest are going to keep going. If it doesn't open, grab the person to your right and you guys share the other guy's chute. Uh, Solid fucking plan. Um, they get going, but it's, it, they're just taking forever to fucking get through this. And like, I guess they don't realize how gravity works. Like, you're not going to slow <laughs> down. You're going to hit terminal velocity, and that's the speed. So one at a time, they they, uh, it ends up being Roxy and Eggsy left. Of course, it's going to be that. Why wouldn't it be the two of them? Um, and as they're going down, Eggsy says, "All right, you go first. And she pulls it, and her shoot comes out, and he's just like grasping on her. I, you know, it looks like he's going to fall, and he hit, they hit the ground fucking hard too. Yeah. Because they, they deploy at 300 feet. But they land directly in the circle. So, like, you know, they did it. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, when they're standing out talking to Merlin afterwards, Merlin starts, you know, dismissing the people who didn't land in the circle. The one guy pulled a shoot too early. And then he basically is like, all right, good job, guys. And then Eggsy's like, dude, what the fuck? Why didn't I get a parachute? What am I, your gimp? <laughs> yeah, why am I the gimp? Um, and he's like, walk over here and say that shit to my face. Yeah, just whisper that in my ear. Yeah, whisper. It's so great. And then he walks over, and, and then Merlin's like, don't ever fucking come at me with that bullshit again, and pulls a shoot, and the shoot pops out. <laughs> he had to shoot the whole that. fucking time. Yep. I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, and now uh, I, I just pulled this scene because it's just so great. Like, the, the interaction between Valentine and Harry at this dinner, <laughs> like, oh, yes. it's so perfect. And, like, it's breaking it's this is almost Deadpool level of breaking the fourth wall in this movie too which I really like the fact that like they're just calling each other on their shit they're not even trying to hide it like they know who each other are mm -hmm. and like there's no like like oh I, I don't want you to know who I, and they're both like yeah I want you to know who the fuck I am um so with that said here comes our next scene ever heard of knocking oh sorry only when I'm casing a place I played the same scene twice here's our next scene <laughs> Mr. DeVere, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm awfully sorry, I seem to have my dates muddled up. Oh, no, 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 I canceled the gala because of you. Anybody willing to donate that much deserves their own dinner. Come in. Thank you. Gotta admit, I was really intrigued to meet you. There aren't many billionaires, I don't know. I don't doubt it. Now, obviously, I had my people look into your affairs, and that's some pretty old money you're from. How'd you folks make it? Property, mostly. Property in the markets. Nothing questionable, if that's your concern. Ah, uh, no. I'm just into finding out what caliber person you are. I'm sure you understand that. I most certainly do. Hope you're hungry. I'm famished. Good. Grab a seat. <laughs> but nothing beats two cheeseburgers with secret sauce. Goes great with this 45 Lafitte. A classic pairing. And may I suggest Twinkies in a 1937 Chateau Ecam for pudding? I like it. So, you want to donate to my foundation. You are aware that I wound things down in that area, right? Climate change is a threat which affects us all, Mr. Valentine. And you're one of the few powerful men who seems to share my concerns. Well, I shut things down because I wasn't getting anywhere. Every bit of research kept pointing to the same thing. The carbon emissions are a red herring, and we're past the point of no return, no matter what remedial actions we take. <laughs> oh, you know your shit. I sometimes envy the blissful ignorance of those less well-versed in their shit. <laughs> As Professor Arnold always said, humankind is the only virus cursed to live with the horrifying knowledge of its host's fragile mortality. You know, not a lot of people knew about him. 
You like spy movies, Mr. DeVere? Nowadays, they're all a little serious for my taste. But the old ones, marvelous. Give me a far-fetched theatrical plot any day. <laughs> the old Bond movies. Oh, man. Oh, when I was a kid, that was my dream job. Gentleman spy. I always felt the old Bond films were only as good as the villain. As a child, I rather fancied a future as a colorful megalomaniac. What a shame we both had to grow up. Bon appetit. Just give me a couple of days to think over your proposal. I have my people get in touch with yours, and it's all good. And thank you for such a happy meal. <laughs> Well, want me to follow him? Nah. Put a nano tracker gel in the wine. We'll know his every move for the next 24 hours. Finally find out who he worked for. Valentine didn't let me out of his sight. All I got was this on the way in. South Glade Mission Church is a hate group based in Kentucky. FBI have been monitoring them for years. But you think Valentine is a supporter? No evidence yet of a direct connection, and I'll keep looking. Oh, by the way, our ever-growing list of missing persons now includes Scandinavian royalty, royal crown princess Tilde. Just let me out, you psycho! I told you, you're free to go anytime you want, as long as you agree to my conditions. I don't agree. And I am never, ever going to agree! Oh, yeah. The list of missing celebrities and dignitaries has continued to grow in recent weeks, and world leaders are coming under increasing pressure to provide answers. We are doing everything in our power to find Princess Tilde. You know, governments and security forces worldwide are working together to find a person behind these abductions. In other news, people all over the world continue to wait in line day and night to get their free SIM cards. Hi, Mrs. P. You get one? Yeah. Yeah, I've been queuing up all day. This unprecedented giveaway by the philanthropist Richmond Valentine has already seen over a billion cards distributed. So this is just a really fun scene at the dinner party. Um, yes. Galahad's expecting like this big gala event where there's going to be tons of people there and he gets there literally just him and Valentine. Um, Valentine, like, I don't know if that, if he expected it at first or if there was that little switch in the middle when the music switches too. Um, but, you know, he, I looked into you, he has it set up where the girl who's walking up the stairs in the beginning is carrying this like flyer for this hate group church in Kentucky. Um, it's it's very tense at the dinner too. Oh yeah. And Gazelle brings out this like tray, um, and you don't know what's going to be in this thing. Like, it could be anything. And he's like, you could even see it in Galahad. He's like, what's under this? And she flips it, and there's fucking McDonald's. Fucking yeah. McDonald's. You know, it kind of made me mad for a second because that's totally believable. Yeah. As Some rich person that, would do that. Yeah. Like, oh, so subversive. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like how he's peering it with like a wine and then he makes the fucking like takes the shot like, oh, we should have Twinkies with the 32. <laughs> that was great. And he's like, he's like, oh, that actually sounds like a good idea. But uh, he's like, oh, the Big Mac is like, but nothing beats two cheeseburgers and special sauce. <laughs> Royale with cheese. A Royale. With <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. But, um, you know, they, they, they start having their dinner, but at the same time, they're they're staring each other down. Like it's, it's the, it's the whole, like he starts talking about the thing and then he mentions professor Arnold. And I think that's the point where, where uh, Valentine's like, okay, I know who you are like, we're, we're taking the gloves off now. Okay, let's play. I, I like bond movies. I, I like to be the gentleman hero. And he's like, well, I always prefer being the colored fulvillian, you know, and they're di directly talking about each other. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just great. Um, we come to find out though he wishes him a good night and just lets him out like there's no nothing's gonna happen here and that's because he's more interested in seeing where he goes and finding out who he is and who he works for and he 
basically put like a tracker in his wine. Um, then we come to find out, you know, what's going on with the celebrities. They haven't been killed. Like the Tilda girl earlier didn't get killed. She's just been put away in like this little facility uh, where there's, it seems like there's a bunch of people locked up because we hear a bunch of people yelling and screaming. And then we get a news article that a bunch of celebrities have been coming up missing. Uh, so it, there's there's a lot more going on here than just the people who are getting the implants put in their neck and going along with this. There's a bunch of people who have basically refused him, but for some reason or another, he's kept them around because they're too important to just kill. Yeah, one of them is Iggy Azalea. Yeah. What a reference. <laughs> uh, it, nothing ages a movie like a fucking a celebrity that's not famous anymore. Yep, the white yeah. Cardi B. Yeah, yeah. Like my favorite thing about the fucking Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie <laughs> is the Macy Gray sequence. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, and um, so um, we get the next assignment for the uh, the trainees. Basically, there's three left: Eggsy, Roxy, and Charlie. And they're told they're going to go to a nightclub, and basically the goal is to like to fuck this chick. Like <laughs> that's that's the goal. Uh, he says, get biblical with her or something like that in the biblical sense. In the biblical mm-hmm. sense, yeah. Um, and you see the three of them and they're talking to this girl and they're being just like, none of them are going to have any chance of this. So like, oh, he's negging you and like, he's trying to use opinion techniques. And I'm like, it's not how people talk. Like, who talks like this? Like, this is not real. Except for your boy was like, this champagne fucking tastes he's funny, like, man. He's like, no, yeah, dude, like, right? I'm serious. Like, this shit tastes like shit. He's like... <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you know, this weird, creepy fucking dude comes up, which uh, that's like a creepy fucking looking dude on top of everything else. You know who that you know who who we played that, you know, what's that? He was the Night King in Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. His name is Richard Brake. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes way more sense now. He was in yep. something else I saw, uh, but I can't. Remember oh, he's another one of those like the cop from early. Yeah, like that like, he's got that face to play that gruff good guy or bad yep. guy. In a movie, you know? Yeah. So um, he tells them basically, like, I roofied you <laughs> or something stronger. Yes. yes. Um, and as they start to, you know, Eggsy wakes up. He's on a train track. Tra- train tracks? I don't know, like the t tra tra Like, throw me off. He's on the train tracks. He's on the train tracks. He's tied to the train tracks. And if you have this, if you just tell me what the Kingsmen are, I'll give you this knife and you can cut yourself free. Even though you won't have enough time to cut through that rope before the train gets to you anyways, you can at least tell me who they are first. Yeah. And Eggsy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're on about. Like, I don't know. Like, fuck you. He's like, are the Kingsmen worth dying for? Fuck you. And then he drops, then like the train goes over and we don't know what happened, but we see it's a trap door set up and Harry's standing there. He's like, good job. You passed with flying colors. Um, also, I want these Adidas shoes that have the wings on them that he has. They are fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. Um, the winged Adidas. Um, so, so we, uh, we get, uh, you know, we find out that Roxy already passed, but Charlie's about to go. You want to watch? <laughs> and he's like, fuck yeah. I want to watch that. Uh, Charlie, doesn't really do as good though as Eggsy does. He more or less fucking immediately just spills everything. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll tell you what everyone knows. Oh, Chester King, he's the fucking Arthur, and this and that. Uh, Kingsman is a fucking Secret Service. And blah 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 blah. Oh yeah, he's like a canary. He sings. Yeah, he drops into the ground, and uh, you know, instantly gets kicked out by by Chester, who tells him, "Cut your fucking self free." <laughs> Like, you little bitch. I put my faith in you and you fucking let me down. Ugh, what's wrong with you? Um, And then uh, we, we find out that, you know, they're going to have, like, another day to kind of hang out with their mentors before, you know, getting to what their next challenge is. And uh, this is also a good place for us to take a day to hang out with our mentors before we get back to the next part of this episode. This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. And be sure to check out Monday Morning with Mo every Monday morning on Facebook Live with free answers to your legal questions. Injured in a car accident or dealing with personal injury? Mo can also help you with a workers' compensation case if you're injured on the job. I don't live in Florida, but Mo would be my go-to if I did. And the best part is they take all accident cases on a contingency fee basis. This means that they will take on your case, 
put up all necessary funds to build your case as strongly as possible, and they only get paid if they're successful in obtaining a settlement for you. There's no fee or obligation to ask about your cases, so contact Mo today. And make sure to follow Mo DeWitt just for his incredible promotional work. He's, he's a man after my own heart. So many pop culture and film references. I've done art for Mo where he's portrayed as Indiana Jones, Charlie Brown, Frosty the Snowman, Zach Morris, Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that. That's a, uh, that's a legal question. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Dot com. Thank you.